I have a truly remarkable story for you. I mean, it is mind-blowing stuff about the United Nations. Uh, the UN is attempting one of the biggest power grabs in the entire history of the world. I know that sounds like an exaggeration. It sounds absolutely crazy. What the heck could this guy possibly be saying? There's no way that that could possibly be true, but it is. And it's all out in the open and you can look it up yourself. It's incredible. Uh, and I want to dive into some of the details of that today. And really, I want to I want to do a much longer video series about this crazy plan called Our Common Agenda uh, by the United Nations. But before I get into that, I want to introduce myself. My name is Justin Haskins. I'm the uh, director of the Socialism Research Center at the Heartland Institute, a New York Times bestselling author, a guy who's been on TV and radio hundreds of times and uh, briefed lawmakers on key important issues and given speeches at, at huge conferences like CPAC and LibertyCon and all of that. But something that I've never done, something that's never happened in my career is I've never had my own YouTube channel. <laughs> I've had lots of YouTube uh, channels, podcasts, things like that, uh, working for the Heartland Institute. Um, Stopping Socialism TV is fantastic, by the way. If you want to check out Stopping Socialism TV, you can find all sorts of work that I've done there with this uh, great guy, Donnie Kendall, and um, Jim Lakely, and a whole bunch of other people over at Stopping Socialism TV, Chris Talgo. Uh, but um, I've never had my own channel. And so I, I felt like even though I've, I do lots of TV, I've done lots of radio, I've written lots of articles, I keep writing articles and, and I've been involved with books with Glenn Beck and, and done some really incredible things, um, I often get really frustrated that some of the most important issues facing the country today still aren't getting the airtime that they deserve. And so I wanted to start this channel to dedicate um, time specifically for the topics that other people aren't covering. Now, I'm not saying there's nobody out there in the universe who's covering the things that I'm going to cover on this channel, but there are not a lot of people if they're out there and probably few people who have the ear of lawmakers and others the way that I have had over the past uh, several years. And so I wanted to give you a perspective that's, that's kind of unique on issues that are unique, issues that are really important, issues that just aren't getting the coverage that they deserve. And I also wanted to give you some inside baseball. Um, you know, I've had the privilege of being involved in a lot of uh, really interesting meetings with highly influential people within the conservative movement, uh, with politicians. Um, I've, I've known politicians and ex-politicians at the federal level and at the local and state levels. Uh, I've been involved in their briefings. I've helped educate lawmakers on key issues. I've seen what the most, some of the most influential people in the conservative movement are talking about behind the scenes. And I want to share that with people. I want people to know what's really going on, what's coming their way so that they can prepare and so that they can communicate these issues better with the people in their lives, because we are in truly remarkable times in some ways. Um, in a really good way. And then in other respects, in a really terrifying way. So 
that's what I want this channel to be dedicated for. And if you're interested in that, then please subscribe to the channel. Help me out. Help me get past those big tech al algorithms and, um, and, and provide this content to more people by subscribing to the channel, by leaving comments when you feel passionate about a particular issue. I'm really interested in reading them. I won't respond to everyone, but I will read every comment, I, I, I promise, or at least I will try. Um, and, uh, and, and please like the, uh, the videos as well, because that helps with the algorithms. Um, and the same thing goes if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, because I do plan on having the show, uh, be a podcast as well. All right. So let's get into the main topic, our common agenda. What is our common agenda and, um, why should you care? Now, again, I'm not going to go into lots of detail today. Um, because I don't have a ton of time, <laughs> number one, but number two, because there's so much that I want to dive into. I want to do a really deep dive. Um, I don't want to rush things. So I just want to start with giving you a little taste of what's to come. And then from there, we're going to dive into some of the details. And I promise you it is incredible. <clears throat> so first of all, let me, uh, pull up on the video version of the show. Uh, let me pull up the website from the United Nations, our common agenda. That way you can see for yourself. You don't have to take my word for it. You can do your own homework here on the fly. Um, our common agenda is, according to the United Nations, the Secretary General's vision for the future of global cooperation. It calls for inclusive, networked, and effective multilateralism to better respond and deliver for the people and planet and to get the world back on track by turbocharging action on the sustainable development goals. That's going to be really important to understand. The sustainable development goals are sort of the big picture goals for the United Nations. And some of them are really good and some of them are really bad and dramatically increase the power uh, of the United Nations. They centralize power and centralize wealth in the hands of international institutions and other things. So um, parts of the the sustainable development goals or SDGs as they're often called uh, shorthand are are good but a, but a lot of it is also not good and um, uh, if you think back to agenda perhaps you've heard of agenda 21 or agenda 2030 both of those were SDG agendas those were sustainable development goal agendas well our common agenda is part of that so it's part of the agenda 21 movement uh, platform so to speak it's an expansion of it it's part of the agenda 2030 it's bigger than that though it's so much more than the things that you've heard before and in the wake of covid 19, you can see in all of the crazy stuff that happened during the COVID-19 period and the, the government lockdowns and all the big massive trillions of dollars in spending globally by governments and the war that's going on in Ukraine with Russia and all of this craziness, the United Nations decided it would be a good idea to put together this Our Common Agenda to try to dramatically expand its own power um, and also to promote all kinds of of goals and programs that are favored uh, by elites. So another thing that the website says that I think is really important is that the Our Common Agenda, which which is a report, by the way, that's 80-something pages long, outlines possible solutions to address the gaps and risks that have emerged since 2015, calling for a summit of the future. That's another really important thing that will be held in 2024. Okay. 
So what is this our common agenda? What is the United Nations suggesting that we do? Um, there are 12 key proposals that are part of the Our Common Agenda platform. And then there are dozens and dozens and dozens of smaller policy, not smaller, big policy proposals, but they fall underneath one of those 12 categories. Uh, So what I want to do right now is just kind of give you a glimpse of what this is. And then in future videos, we're going to dive into some of the really important details. We're not going to go over every single part of this gigantic platform because that would just take forever. And some of it really isn't worth talking about. But the stuff that is worth talking about, I think we do need to hit. So the first, first of all, let's go over the the 12 big components to the Our Common Agenda. The first is leave no one behind. Uh, Then we have protect our planet. That's your environmentalism, climate change stuff. Promote peace and prevent conflicts. Abide by international justice and uh, international law and ensure justice. That's number four. Five is place women and girls at the center. Six is build trust. Seven is improve digital cooperation. Eight is upgrade the United Nations. This is actually really interesting. It's essentially a proposal for what they're calling a United Nations 2.0 that would expand some of the some of the parts of the United Nations and uh, change the way that it operates, shifts its focus a little bit more to futurism-related stuff, which I think is is really interesting. Uh, we'll get into that, though, in a future video. Number nine is ensure sustainable financing. Now, if you are aware at all of ESG and social credit scores and the Great Reset, that will sound very familiar. Um, category number nine is where a lot of the Great Reset ESG stuff is being housed in the Our Common Agenda platform. It is part of it without any doubt whatsoever. In fact, in the official Our Common Agenda report, they specifically say environmental, social, and governance metrics at one point. They talk about that in particular and highlight how it's really important for businesses to change the way that they operate, to change what their focus is, to make it more focused on ESG and things like that, and how they're really happy that these big financial institutions, they don't mention BlackRock specifically, but that's what they're talking about, are pushing this ESG agenda globally. Um, Number 10 is boosting partnerships. Um, That's things like uh, stronger engagement between the United Nations system, international financial institutions, and regional development banks. Um, uh, Again, this is actually all tied into the Great Reset stuff. If you've been following the work that I've been doing with Glenn Beck on that, then none of that will sound surprising to you. Number 11 is listen to and work with youth. Uh, That's really interesting. They're going to have all of these United Nations youth. platforms and programs and all kinds of other stuff. I think there's a a call for a special envoy for the United Nations whose sole job is basically just to represent the youth. I think that's an interesting idea. And then number 12 is be prepared. Um, There's so much that I could say about this. And again, I want to go into detail of all of these things in the future. But what I want to do right now is just highlight a couple of the things that are I think, particularly important. And then later on, we can come back and dive into some of these things. Um, Let's start with number 12, because I think that's actually one of the craziest parts of this. It's shocking to me, actually, that this hasn't gotten more attention. Truly, it is. Number 12, the very first item says, emergency platform to be convened in response to complex global crises. 
Now, I think I'm going to dedicate an entire video to the emergency platform because it is so crazy. Uh, I think some people are going to think that it's just a conspiracy theory and that I'm making it all up. <laughs> but basically what the emergency platform is, is it's a call from the Secretary General of the United Nations, the head of the United Nations, to um, have member states vest in the United Nations a special emergency power when there are global shocks, as they call it, which could be all sorts of things like another pandemic, for example. Uh, one of the weirder things they list as a potential gold, a, a, a potential global shock is a conflict in space, issues with space. Um, there's a whole bunch of, of other things. Wars, obviously. There, there's a lot there for, for global shock. Cyber, I think cyber attacks is in there as well. Again, we'll dive into it. Um, but in the event of one of these global shocks, the emergency platform would automatically, essentially, give the United Nations this special emergency power to do all kinds of things, including to hold both private and public sector actors, quote, accountable for commitments that they're supposed to be making to deal with whatever the global shock is. That is crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And um, I really have, don't think anybody is paying attention to this, at least not in the United States. But this emergency platform is the stuff of just, it's just the stuff of nightmares. It's the kind of thing that conservatives and um, it's the kind of thing that conservatives have been warning about for a long time and that people have kind of jokingly said oh it's you know conspiracy only conspiracy theorists believe in this kind of thing but i mean the evidence is overwhelming that this is what they want um and they say things in their call for an emergency platform they dedicated an entire publication just to that one issue where they say things like you know the united nations is the only one that can deal with a global shock like this um so that is really an incredible incredible proposal and by the way that proposal and many other proposals as well have already been formally endorsed by the Biden administration. Did you know that? Did you know that the Biden administration has already formally said that they support the emergency platform, giving the United Nations emergency powers in the event of a global shock automatically? And if I remember right, I think the emergency platform suggests that the United Nations gets to decide when the emergency is over. Now, maybe I'm misremembering that, but I don't think so. We'll bring that up again in a future video, but absolutely just incredible stuff. Just incredible, incredible stuff. So the emergency platform, really, really important. Um, under Protect Our Planet, number two, if you're watching the video, it's all the way on the left-hand side of the screen here. There's... Um, Commitments in here to go to net zero emissions by 2050 or sooner. That would, in effect, destroy the Western economy, by the way. <laughs> but that's a whole other, a whole other issue. Uh, declarations of climate emergency and the creation of a right to a healthy environment. Now, you can imagine... I'm all for healthy environments, okay? I grew up in the middle of the woods. I love nature. I go out hiking and, and all fishing and all that stuff. I'm going on a fishing trip tomorrow. I love, or not tomorrow. Yeah, 
no, not tomorrow. In a couple of days, I'm going on a fishing trip. I love this stuff. Love it. But, okay, but if you had a right to a healthy environment, just imagine how a government could abuse something like that. You know, if you have the right to a healthy environment, then any little thing you do that is deemed bad for the environment could be outlawed because of a right to a healthy environment. So obviously that's a really dangerous thing to talk about. Um, account for the environment in economic models, carbon pricing mechanisms, incredible commitments by financial actors. That sounds really boring, but that's actually incredibly important economically. What it means is let's tie um, environmental degradation, taking of resources, use of fossil fuels, uh, use of other forms of energy. Let's let's put basically fees or taxes or fines or other kinds of financial penalties. Let's build that into the price of all these things so that people are less likely to use the things that are are the right now more affordable uh, forms of energy, the more affordable natural resources and things like that. Um, let's make them more expensive on purpose so that people are less likely to use them so that they use other things that they're uh, not likely to use, right, uh, currently, because they're more expensive. So let's make, instead of making those things more affordable, let's make everything more expensive. That's essentially what this is calling for. Um, and that really is incredible. Not to mention when it says, pricing mechanisms, incredible commitments by financial actors, financial actors. Well, if you've been paying attention to the Great Reset and things like that, you know that that involves banks and central banks and other financial institutions using their massive, massive trillions and trillions, tens of trillions of dollars of wealth globally to try to promote changes through the financial system so that you can't go and get a loan in the future for, say, a gasoline-powered car. Even if someone's selling them, you won't be able to buy one because you won't be able to get a loan to buy one or you won't be able to use your bank account to buy one. And you think that that's crazy. That's openly what banks are talking about. They're talking about going completely net zero throughout their entire business models by XYZ date. Depends on the bank and whatever. It's usually, I think, uh, around 2035, although maybe it's, yeah, I think, I want to say it's 2035, but the proposals vary from bank to bank. But that's what this is talking about here. Then they talk about a post-2020 biodiversity framework. Well, what does that mean? Well, there's been international agreements about biodiversity that recently were made. And um, all sorts of things have come out about this. Basically, what the United Nations and others want to do, the World Economic Forum, the people, the Davos, those are the Davos people behind the Great Reset. Uh, what they want to do is they want to create a nature positive economy. And so what that means is it's not enough to just say, well, you know, if you use natural resources, then you need to somehow make up for it environmentally so that you're even. We actually have to start putting nature back into place. We've, we've destroyed too much nature. We need to put nature back into place and we need to uh, do more of that than we are uh, consuming natural resources. Now, I know that sounds maybe like a good thing uh, because, you know, we all, we, we care about nature. We don't want the planet to be completely strip mined and destroyed and everything, but it's actually incredibly dangerous economically because people need those natural resources 
Um, yes, there's excess. Yes, there's waste. That's true. But people generally need economic resource, need the uh, natural resources and other things in order to survive, in order to prosper, in order to have higher standards of living. Uh, there's a direct connection between the use of fossil fuels and affordable energy and affordable natural resources and technology that allows for us to access those things at a lower costs. Um, there's a there's a direct correlation between that and higher standards of living, people living longer, higher life expectancy, people having better lives overall. So you can't just say, well, we're just going to go nature positive. And then what's your solution to that, right? Uh, what do you do about all of the people in developing parts of the world like Africa and India and China that that they can't afford to go nature positive. People people will die if that happens. Um, so this is a really dangerous proposal in a lot of ways. Another really interesting thing on here that we're going to spend a lot of time on in the future is the Global Digital Compact. That's under number seven on this list on the website if you're, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, the uh, Global Digital Compact will provide the internet basically to everybody. Um, apply human rights online, which in some cases is a good thing, but in other cases probably can be used uh, to stop freedom of speech and things like that. Um, but the really uh, interesting things that are in here are introduce accountability criteria for discrimination and misleading content. Accountability criteria for misleading and discrimination. What misleading content and discrimination? Now, what does that mean? Well, that means if the United Nations decide that they don't like what you're saying, well, then you can't say it. You have to be held accountable or the company, the social media company or whatever needs to be held accountable. We're talking about silencing people. And they're very open about that when you get into the details of the Our Common Agenda report. They want a global standard for what people are allowed to say on the internet. And if the United Nations doesn't like what you have to say, well, then too bad. They also talk a lot about digital commons as a as a global public good. Um, what does that mean? Well, a, a global public good is something that we all should share. It's uh, it's essentially a call for collectivization of certain aspects of the digital commons, which means basically the internet and a lot of the things that happens on the internet. So, really, really crazy, interesting stuff there as well. Um, there's a whole lot of other stuff we could get into. ESG is on here, a renewed social contract, which is really interesting. A new era for universal social protection. This is under number one, universal social protection, including healthcare and basic income security. That's a call for universal social protection is a call for universal healthcare. So potentially government run healthcare all over the world. And, um, Healthcare and basic income security. Basic income security means uh, like a basic income program. <laughs> you know, uh, it means just giving people money just just because, right? So some really socialistic left-wing policies embedded within this as well. Um, so look, tons of information here. We're going to be spending a lot of time on this over the next uh, several weeks dealing with the various aspects of our common agenda so that you can understand what's coming our way. And this is uh, the last thing that I'll, I'll say about this before we wrap up. Um, the really crazy thing about our common agenda is it's all leading towards this 
summit for, let's see, a uh, summit of the future, which is going to be held in 2024. Um, there is actually a roadmap. See if I can pull it up here on the website. Yes, here it is. Road to the summit of the future, where it very clearly outlines what the game plan is for our common agenda. And you'll see that it says that in 2022 to 2024, we're going to have a summit of the future, which is going to take place. Uh, the actual summit is going to take place in 2024 in September. Uh, September 22nd to the 23rd. And at that, there will be a pact for the future, an action-oriented pact for the future, um, which is going to contain a lot of the stuff that's in this Our Common Agenda is going to be signed by the heads of state of government at the summit, showcasing global solidarity for current and future generations. This comes directly from them. So notice that it says, an action-oriented pact for the future will, not could, not may, not maybe, not I don't know, I hope so, but will be endorsed by heads of state and governments at the summit, showcasing global solidarity for current and future generations. So this is the plan. The plan is published online. It's not a secret what the plan is. It's published online. A summit for the future is coming in September 2024, where a pact for the future is going to be signed that includes a lot of the crazy stuff we've talked about and a whole lot of other crazy things we didn't have time to talk about in our common agenda, including the emergency platform, which gives the United Nations emergency powers over much of the known world in the event of a global shock. Doesn't that terrify you? I mean, it sure as heck terrifies me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. But anyway, we're going to dive into all of this in future videos. But until then, we're going to sign off for now. Um, please subscribe to the channel. Please share this content. Please let your friends know about this Our Common Agenda. Do your own homework. Do your own research. Learn this stuff for yourself because uh, it's going to change the future of the world potentially. And if we're not prepared for it, uh, in particular, if we're not talking to people who are decision makers and influentials and letting them know about what's coming down the road, because I can tell you, most policymakers have no clue, never even heard of this. If we're not prepared and we're not informing them, well, then this is going to happen because the Biden administration, as I said earlier in this video, is already behind this 100%. All right, enough terrifying people for today. We're going to get back to it. Um, thank you so much for watching this video. Feel free to follow me on social media at Justin T. Haskins on Twitter and Facebook and uh, various other social media platforms. Uh, and until next time, please, please, please stay free.